Hey guys, welcome to the GNO podcast. There are a lot of beliefs, values, and opinions out there, and nailing yours down can be a little tricky. So join us as we figure out who we are, decide who we want to become, and learn how to best support each other as friends along the way. We're going to talk about some serious stuff. We're going to have some fun episodes. But in all our episodes, the most important thing is we want you to feel like you're just sitting around the table with us. We are excited to have you as a listener and a participant. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the GNO podcast. I'm Courtney and one of your hosts. I'm Olivia and I'm another one of your hosts. And I'm Catherine, your final host. Yes. So we are diving back into part two of listener responses from our purity culture um, episode. So if you guys haven't, again, go back and listen to those original episodes. That way you'll be able to track with what we're speaking about today. Um, And last week we touched on a little bit of some of the responses from our listeners. And again, we are so grateful to you guys for sharing those with us. And that is what we are going to dive back into today. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to share a few more stories more in depth um, about just kind of some of our listeners' responses and experiences to purity culture. So we're going to dive in. Yeah, we're just going to get right to it. We got a lot. Um, so I am going to start with a story that I think is just like, this is purity culture's effect to the extreme. And a lot of us, including myself, probably especially myself, it's like, oh, this, you know, this part kind of sucked and this how it affected me a little bit. But, you know, also too, it's like just some silly things to talk about occasionally (laughs) when you're (laughs) referencing like, oh, stupid purity rings, whatever. Those were the worst. Um. (laughs) This is like, this is, this is pretty serious. This is pretty intense. And, um, there are so many people that were affected on an incredibly deep level. Mm. Um, and so we're going to just start by going really deep. Um, and this listener wrote in, and this is pretty, pretty long. I will um, preface with that. I'll start this the same way I start this conversation with others. You are not going to know what to say and that is okay. I was raised Southern Baptist and was in youth group at the height of purity culture. I went to youth retreats where the main topic was purity, signed the purity card, read I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and took every word to heart, especially my responsibility to my future husband. I took my purity seriously. I refused to wear anything but a t-shirt and jeans so that I didn't cause a boy to lust. Wow. My parents wouldn't let me date until I was 16. Growing up, I didn't know what to do if a boy showed interest in me and honestly didn't know when a boy would flirt with me. Because of this, I don't fully understand the relationships other people had as young adults. It honestly flabbergasts me. It's hard to wrap my head around having a large number of sexual partners. After I turned 16, I went on dates but didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 18. He was my first kiss. He checked all the boxes Good Christian, strong family, career-minded, driven, etc. I remember how awkward our first kiss was and remember trying to mimic what I saw in movies. (laughs) He later told me that if he was like other guys, he would not have asked me out again because the kiss was so bad. Oh, wow. That's 
Arsh. Wow. Gosh. I was mortified, but felt grateful to have such a caring and understanding boyfriend. Oh. Throughout our relationship, we grew closer physically, but never would go beyond kissing. If things got heated, he'd always stop it and say we needed to slow down and wait until we were married. I, again, was grateful for such a strong Christian boyfriend and leader. We dated almost two years before he proposed. Of course, I accepted. We were married the next year. I had just turned 21. Like every other good Christian girl who saved herself, I was nervous and excited to finally take our relationship to the next level. I had conversations with my friends who were recently married to prepare myself. I remember even asking my mom how to use lube. <laughs> I thought I was prepared. Our wedding night was the one and only time that he was inside of me. It was brief because I was in pain and um, we didn't continue. It was literally very short. It's been so long, I don't remember much about our honeymoon other than crying because we weren't having sex. Hmm. I knew then something was wrong. Over the next six years, we would repeatedly try and fail to have sex of any kind. I was a married virgin. We were married for six years. I took my wedding vows very seriously till death. I tried everything to have sex. At the beginning, I encouraged him to speak with his father or religious leaders to help us. He was too embarrassed. Mm. I bought lingerie because he said I wasn't sexy wearing my sweatpants. <laughs> Scheduled sex dates on the calendar to make sure we had nothing else to do but try to have sex. Planned elaborate trips because he said he couldn't get out of his head. Um, watched porn so I could learn what I needed to do. Um, and tried to lose weight. Goes on. Get in shape. Um, he commented on that. Ultimately, oh I began to realize our marriage wasn't going to change and really saw it for what it was. He made comments like I had accepted that we were going to have a sexless marriage or would tell me that he felt all I wanted from him was sex. He told me at one point he thought he was asexual. I've never heard of that before and had to Google what it meant. I felt terrible about myself and realized that I had zero sex appeal. I truly thought I would never have sex. I ended up being terrified to have sex because I was 25, 26 years old and what kind of guy would be patient enough with me? While still married, I started having interest in a guy at work. I believed in an open and honest marriage and left few details out like that. I was actually interested in someone else, but told him I was afraid I would cheat on him if we didn't fix it. He said, quote, if you cheat on me, we will figure it out. It was then I realized he was truly apathetic to our marriage. This interaction and the fact that I wanted to carry a child but he wanted to adopt made me start to consider divorce, which was devastating. I believed in doing everything possible so I can walk away with a clear conscience, knowing I did my best. I arranged for us to meet with a counselor, even though I knew it wouldn't work. It was short-lived. It took about eight months to finally feel like it was okay for me to get a divorce. I felt like I was disappointing God and was a failure. The moment I realized it was okay and felt God's grace was Christmas in the car with his family, listening to one particular song I will always cherish. We were divorced the following June, both virgins. He moved away and is remarried. I moved as well and am married to the guy I had a crush on at work. Hmm. We recently had a baby. He is super cute. <laughs> um, I have a complicated relationship with religion now. I still believe in God, but I'm not active in church. I don't know what I want my son to be. I don't know that I, that I want my son to be involved in church, but would rather him explore the option that is best for him. I was taught to be ashamed of being a woman who wanted to have sex and carry the weight and responsibility of men's thoughts and actions. I sought counseling to heal and move forward. 
it doesn't have a hold on me anymore. It actually feels like someone else's story. Wow. 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 That like makes me want to just scream for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all that. Just just how she was taught, you know, by whoever growing up Mm -hmm. and then how that carried into her marriage, but also how this ex-husband like just the things that he's saying and and putting the burden on her yeah like it still was on her which it goes back to that like purity culture is totally the burden on the women and like that's wow i'm almost like how does the story even exist but i know it does and i know that's not the only one well and she began by writing you will not know what to say yeah (laughs) and like that's like yeah how does that i don't know what to say well and it's like even despite or in spite of what she had learned growing up she was still pursuing Mm -hmm. things that are like sex right it's supposed to be okay within marriage like from the you know faith-based lens and stuff and so it's like she's pursuing that with her husband and trying and trying and seeking help and all of these things and like there's no like nothing came of it Mm -hmm. you know and so gosh she was just carrying a lot and continued to carry Mm -hmm. a lot and so even as you were saying like you know purity culture is putting that weight on women yeah, and, like, we have to realize, like, both men and women buy into that mm-hmm. within the culture, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and so sure. he fully, whether he fully, her ex-husband, whether he fully understood his role within it or not, was just reiterating mm-hmm. that to her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I can't imagine, like, the internal chaos that she probably felt yeah. as she was just trying to figure out, like, how do I make myself more attractive and appealing? How do right. I right. appease him? What do I need to do? Like, you know it's it's me it's all me yeah and I'm like so grateful that she's married now and Mm -hmm. has a husband who um pursues her and they're like able to live you know within that but it makes sense that she has a complicated relationship with religion religion. yeah because that's as a kid growing up in a lot of evangelical churches that's that's pretty much where it lands like that's where all the stories go back Mm -hmm. to and that's what that's the biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So yeah. And just the shame associated with it too. Mm-hmm. Like her really detailing out, like I tried all these things. I took all these comments he made about my physical appearance and yeah. my weight and all this stuff. Body images? Yeah. Like Gosh, what? We have enough of that already. Yeah. I mean, like, and I'm like, how do you love someone air quotes mm-hmm. and treat them like that? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, that's yeah. not, like, how can you literally look at someone and be like, let me shame you and shame everything about you and put mm-hmm. it all on you when it's like, dude didn't want to have sex, like, or didn't know how or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. like, he seemed to be the factor in that. Like, she was trying everything and he, mm-hmm. he wouldn't even talk to anyone about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that an important part of this story too, to take away, and I'm not sure if this was shared in the document or just with me verbally, but the lack of communication mm-hmm. around sex beyond abstinence Mm -hmm. like I know that this person was unable to talk to other people Mm -hmm. or or felt felt like Mm -hmm. she was unable to talk to other people for Mm -hmm. years and I think that that also like that's the isolation the isolation yeah like because she didn't feel safe to like share that uh safe is this normal what you know just like like we don't have conversations around sex Mm -hmm. really beyond not we but a lot of purity culture mm-hmm. doesn't have conversations mm-hmm. around sex beyond 
abstinence. And I mean, a lot That's of true. like evangelicalism and a lot of like broaden that even beyond purity culture. I think like yeah. they're just like, we don't have to do with this. So yeah. let's just not talk about it. Yeah. And so you just right. don't talk about it. And then, and, and fortunately for this person, like she has a wonderful life, like, you know, beautiful child and, and it worked out well for her. But I know that there are people, there might even be listeners that, mm-hmm. you know, are in the midst of things like that. And so um, for sure. if you are, it's trauma, man, you are yeah. not alone. And that's not normal. No. <laughs> that, or it's not okay. It might be yeah. normal, which is just terrible, but um, it's not okay. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trauma. Well, I hate that she yeah. journeyed through that. I hate that that was her experience. And I'm very grateful to her for sharing mm-hmm. with you and allowing us to share. Yeah, absolutely. On yeah. This, the podcast. But that, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have words. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you, person who wrote that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the story that I'm going to share is a little similar just in like the upbringing part. I think um also grew up in church um and you know, close, very active. This person was like very active and involved in her youth group and again the way you know, you were just brought up, it was like uh, yes, turtlenecks and t-shirts <laughs> when we go to to youth camp and you go swimming. You're wearing a one piece in shorts (laughs) and the white t-shirt on top of it. You know, like it's like you are as covered up as you can be, you know, without like being weighed down by your clothing in the pool, you know, but you also it's were weighed down. It's kind of a safety hazard. And so, <laughs> <laughs> the shirt, it is. The shirt, like, billowing <laughs> yeah. up and floating above you. Like, you could get like, tangled in that. You get... <laughs> Goodness. And they were always oversized Seriously. shirts. They were oh, oversized. They were, like, tight-fitting. And like, then where was shirt. the lifeguard on duty, yeah. you know, which is funny Truly. that they were always oversized because as soon as you get... Anybody who knows, as soon as you get caught in wet, yeah. and then oh. you get out, it is it's like... <laughs> suck to you truly you know? and like way long oh, like yes man. oh man oh man um <laughs> and so yes very much grew up in that environment also like you know her parents were actively involved and she wasn't able to date until a certain age as well and then even with that like you know her parents uh would kind of interview the guys like the guys would need to talk to them um and they wanted to, to get to know them and stuff like that too and so Um, but anyways, fast forward, um, she meets her husband. She's like in her twenties at this point and she ends up getting married and she really just shared like the shock that she kind of experienced and felt within being married and feeling again, like for her sex is bad Mm -hmm. still. Right. Like she was like, how do I flip the switch? Like I've been taught my entire life that sex is wrong sex is bad your desires are bad like suppress all of this Mm. and so when she got married you know she's just trying to have a relationship with her husband and have a sexual relationship and and engage in intimacy in these different ways and could act like couldn't Mm. you know and so that was hard because think about what he's internalizing Mm. right as her husband as the man in the relationship whatever Mm. um and then also her feeling this immense shame of like i am attracted to him and i love him but i don't know how Mm. to bring myself to this point and so they um started seeing a therapist Mm. and stuff as well and that was really helpful for her um and like they they've been able to reach that that 
place of intimacy within their marriage, but it is still a struggle, mm. right? Like she still is actively having to combat these thoughts and mindsets. Um, and, and just the way that she was brought up like within the church and then also at home. And so, um, I think she just could not have anticipated like mm. the lasting effects that it would have. Yeah. And so, and I think it's wild because as we're like sharing more, it's like so many of these stories are similar, but again, like that isolation piece that you talked about live, like we just don't know because we don't share. And then once you get inside a marriage, like you feel shame, like, well, I can't say like, yeah. we're not having, se- you know, it's like everything's supposed to be perfect now. And everybody's like, when are you having kids now? You know? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, <laughs> we only kiss. So I don't think that's possible, mm-hmm. you yeah, know? Right, and so it's right. just like, there's just one thing after another. And so I don't know really grateful to her for sharing her experience too. Um, but also I think I've been encouraged by the amount of people and with her specifically still seeking help and not staying in that isolation mm-hmm. yeah, and not remaining sure. in that and, and seeking help for her herself and for her marriage. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just crazy how damaging this movement was and the repercussions of that. Like, you know, this is 10, 20 years past yeah. and this individual you're sharing is still fighting and seeking help, like you said, which is so good through this yeah. and through the mentality of what she was taught growing up. And now it's affecting her marriage. She's been married life. for years to him and yeah. still struggles. Yeah. 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 Then probably millions of people yeah, who are not truly. able to like fully enjoy sex. In yeah. Marriages. Mm-hmm. It's probably. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah, But That's it's so, so good that they both want to pursue like health. Mm-hmm. That. That's, it is. That's really. Yes. Such a different. Being patient and. Yeah. yeah. And so contrary to like the story you shared, Liv, where like one is wanting yeah. to pursue the other's not, but they're both like, they hey. were both in it together. Yeah. Yeah. Which is obviously. And her husband's been so patient and gracious, like with her That's and amazing. even himself That's and like remembering truth, you know, about himself too, not like yeah. spiraling into like, mm-hmm. this is all because of me. Right. right. Or, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that also shows like true love and care for the other person mm-hmm. when mm. it's like, oh, I'm actually right here with you and I love you yeah. right. so much that I want to come alongside and like yes. journey this together and not mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's a you problem. Right. Which is kind of what the story right. you shared live seemed. Right. That's a you problem. Which yeah. truly it was actually a him problem. But. And those are the kind of things we need to talk about when we're talking about relationships, not yeah. just sex. Yeah. When we're talking with high schoolers and colleges. When you talk about like sacrificial love like yeah, that, where you're sure. like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm here with you. For sure. Expectations just, won't be met. I'm and not like, what are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and even talk about the hard things. Like, yeah, sex is, there are hard things about it. And it's mm-hmm. like a learning path for everyone. Like, your first time and your, you know, mm-hmm. 40th time are going to be different. And yeah. I think, like, it's important to talk about that and mm-hmm. talk about, like, yeah. hey, let's be honest about the challenges, but let's not come at it from, like, sex is bad. Oh my gosh, only yeah. in marriage. And then, okay, good Mary, luck. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That's what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy. It's just not realistic. Yeah. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. for sure not. So I have a story to share, but a quick kind of sidebar before I do, I actually had a good friend of mine. She's been a friend of mine since I was a kid. And she called me one day and said, Hey, I just listened to your podcast. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And she's like, yeah, I just picked up on the purity culture episodes. Like those are the ones that I guess were most recent. And so (laughs) she listened to those too. And she was like, 
I loved it. And she's like, first of all, like you guys have great chemistry and I love listening to you guys. It feels like I'm there. All the things we've heard, which is awesome. But she said, you know, it was so interesting to hear you guys talk and especially like for me to talk because her and I grew up in a very similar kind of background. And she was like, man, was that relatable? And like, Mm. wow, has that affected me? And now she's married. She actually has a kid um, now as well. And just talking about like, yeah, the damaging effects of like what she was taught growing up in that purity culture movement. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was like cool though, that that's just the episode she listened to. And Mm -hmm. then she was like, man, I'm going to keep listening. Like I love, love uh, hearing you guys. So that was cool. We love that you love listening. We love having <laughs> you, you listen. love us. <laughs> Anonymous person. Anonymous person. <laughs> All right. So listener story that I'm going to share. Um, so this is also from a female perspective, which it makes sense that we have female stories. One, because we're female. Two, because purity culture, like we talked about, kind of affected females in a more intense way maybe than males and too because most of our listeners are female but um, next time next time we'll get some yeah, male, yeah, yeah. Seriously, male if you're a male, i'm curious yeah seriously. i would be so curious yeah. okay but anyway so this listener listened to our two episodes on purity culture and first comment was sadly very relatable she really appreciated hearing our three different perspectives um because we truly did have different upbringings i think especially live her church was very different um, and kind of how they approached or didn't really get involved with purity culture versus like court and I. Um, so she enjoyed hearing that. And she said that her perspective was very negative and very personal. And she noted that for the three of us, it didn't seem like our experience was as personal. It was more like we were aware of the movement. We were kind of involved in the movement, but it wasn't like as personal as she felt hers was. So mm-hmm. she shared that both her church and her upbringing and family dynamic were very much like pro purity culture, all about purity culture. It was very much taught to her. She remembers hearing her youth pastor and his wife say things that she still remembers today that have affected her sex life in an unhealthy way. And she is married now and does have a child. Um, she did the purity ring thing where her dad gave her the ring And she said that it was part of the church. Like the church had this whole event where the dads would give the daughters the ring. And she was like, not really sure what the moms were doing with the boys. Not sure (laughs) if they gave them a ring (laughs) Um, or what, but she doesn't remember. Here's your gold chain, babe. (laughs) Yeah. Stay pure. Gold chain. Here's your gold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She said that her dad also wrote her a letter as part of this uh, giving a ring. And she said it was coming from a good place from her parents, but the whole thing was just very cringeworthy. Mm. Um, And she said it's not what she'll be doing with her own child. (laughs) And she does have a son, so no gold chains or rings. I feel like they give the guys condoms. Uh, Probably. They do. They're like, don't Condoms and a high five. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. No, but that really is like more of the culture around yeah men yeah yeah so she also said that every wednesday night at church they talked about sex by not talking about sex at youth group and she was always just so mortified to go because it was just like an uncomfortable time and conversation and very much like we talked about sex is bad it's bad it's bad it's bad mm-hmm. so we're not gonna talk about anything good or like helpful about it mm-hmm. but just that it's bad and she did not enjoy being a part of that um she really assumed that people who grew up evangelical had the same personal experience with it that she did. And she was surprised to hear that it was part of our churches growing up 
like Courtney and I specifically live not so much, but on our experience, but that we didn't have that personal experience that she had where she was just so involved in it. Mm-hmm. And she shared too that she's been married think for seven years at this point and she shared that it has definitely affected like her and her husband but they have really walked through that uh, together kind of similar to the story that you shared court and the yeah. listener you shared and that they truly have um combated a lot of the negative mm. pieces and aspects of purity culture and also been able to like detach it and see okay this is what we believe this mm. is what maybe we were taught growing up or what purity culture taught us but this is what we believe now and this is also how I want to raise our son and what we, you know, believe moving forward. And they've uh, done some therapy, too, and just really open communication, I think, has been like a key for them mm-hmm. just to, to process through that. But, yeah, that was her story. Yeah. Wow. Thank, I'm grateful she shared. Yeah, yeah seriously. And I hope that, like, this leaves listeners who might be going through this with a, less of a, seal, a feeling of isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh and maybe gosh. hope if mm-hmm. if. You know, hope is always good <laughs> mm-hmm. hope's yeah. always great yeah. um absolutely yeah please absolutely. find safe people and yeah. please share yeah. with them yeah, yeah. because it's like we just it's one of the things that we do need to normalize yeah like because Talking then i think it, it can't have like it maybe it won't have this great weight mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. carried with it not mm-hmm. only like once you're married mm-hmm. you know yeah. like normalize it yeah. yeah yeah i think like i was sharing with my dad that we were going to do this episode and you know, his remark was, this is great. Also, it'd be cool to talk about ways to combat mm-hmm. um, and heal and all of that. And I think that, yeah. like, there's – we for sure need to do that. And I think that that starts with just naming it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like what your friend was mm-hmm. doing, Catherine, saying, mm-hmm. like, this is this is what purity culture taught and this is what we're going to choose yeah. to believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that for all of these people who have written – in or just we've had conversations with who've been mm-hmm. able to be like oh no no that's what it is mm-hmm. like that's a step and that's a step towards healing mm-hmm. um individually and also just culturally mm-hmm. um so absolutely so i know in the first two episodes that we did we gave some recommendations as we do on the gno podcast if you're a longtime listener you know but i did want to follow up the recommendation actually that I gave because this listener that shared the story and allowed me to just share it on the podcast said it was really helpful and gave a couple comments that I think could be helpful for you guys listeners out there who maybe are looking for more resources or just looking to learn more about the topic and maybe kind of process through some things. So I talked about Kat Harris who has a podcast and a blog called the refined collective And my friend who shared this information or the story, excuse me, with me said that she went on and listened to Kat Harris. She hadn't heard of her before. And so she was inspired to look her up after we shared our recommendations and she started listening to her podcast and it's been incredibly helpful for her. She said that she wished she would have had this 10 years ago, um, that Kat talks a lot about sex, setting personal boundaries outside of what purity culture says Mm -hmm. and how to define boundaries, which I think that's a really healthy point because I do think that part of the movement of purity culture was to set boundaries, but the boundary was just don't like, you know, it was just, there was just so black and white. And I think Kat does a really good job of this, like talking about personal boundary setting and how everyone is going to be different in that way. And Mm -hmm. boundaries are really important. Like we've, you know, we've talked about what boundaries, just different types of boundaries in different ways before on this podcast. But I think that's really, really important. Um, so she talked about that, that that was really helpful. 
And then she said that Kat also talks about a healthy sexuality and how to view yourself as a sexual being. Mm -hmm. And she really has appreciated Kat's vulnerability in a topic that is awkward for evangelicals, sex being that topic. Yeah. And if you expose yourself for being sheltered, it can be even more awkward. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where she came from Mm -hmm. growing up in this deep Southern purity culture movement. She felt sheltered. And when she shares like, oh, I'm sheltered in this way. She feels like condemned in a way. And so the podcast has been really good. And another plug too is Kat does interview a lot of psychologists and sex therapists on her podcast. And so that's awesome. That's like, you know, real world, I guess, helpful material. So another plug, like didn't, you know, didn't even think of all that when I shared Kat Harris, but I think it's cool to hear this listener, um, take one of the recommendations and really run with it. So, yeah. That's awesome. We don't just uh, give recommendations to hear ourselves talk. Um, <laughs> or do we? No, I'm just <laughs> um, I also feel like a teacher when I said that. <laughs> I don't just lecture to hear myself talk. Oh, my um, goodness. So I may have given this recommendation previously. And if I did, I'm so sorry. But Kat just jogged my memory about someone that I do want to recommend. Dr. Camden Morganati. That's right. That's um, right. And if I already gave this recommendation, then... Here it is again. Here it is again. It's just seven that times solid. the charm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But follow her on Instagram. She literally her tag is I help Christians deconstruct toxic beliefs and reconstruct healthy faith and sexuality. Mm. Um, this is really good. And she comes from an egalitarian perspective, which is super helpful. And Dr. Camden, meaning uh, she is a um, mental health professional. Mm-hmm. So she is. So she's not just coming in off the streets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's not just she has some training out of her. Butt. She has some training. She's been to school she's for a, like a few years or something. Just like you know? a couple. I yeah, think. just a couple. She knows a thing or two. Yeah, um, no, she's great. Yeah. I I endorse that recommendation. <laughs> I endorse. I'm Catherine Compe, and I approve this message. <laughs> what? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, awesome. thank you guys so much for all of your. Um, comments and just shared thoughts I feel like we were able to unite a lot around this shared Mm -hmm. uh, not great experience (laughs) um, that we all adored and I do think that I haven't even talked to Catherine and Courtney about this so this one's just uh, Olivia unfiltered but Uh um, I think that we might continue to do follow-ups on purity Mm. culture because it was I think maybe our most responded to episode Mm -hmm. I don't uh, don't quote me on that but fact checker um, please don't um (laughs) but it was incredibly responded to and I know that there are other stories out there other perspectives experiences Mm -hmm. um other lines of thinking and like we said earlier when we name it and talk about it I think that's where true healing happens so definitely follow us however you listen to your podcast Mm -hmm. give us a follow and if you liked this episode please leave a rating and review Um, And then if you want to just stay up to date with what's going on in our day-to-day lives, you are welcome to follow us um, on our social Instagram (laughs) um, at the.gno.podcast. And um, we have a lot of fun over there, especially on our stories. So hope you guys have a great rest of your day.